Well, good morning, church. Man, it's good to be with you this morning. You know, there's an old, old children's song that goes something like this. One, two, three, the devil's after me. Four, five, six, he's always throwing sticks. Seven, eight, nine, he misses all the time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Now, the first part of that song is absolutely true. One, two, three, the devil's after me. That's absolutely true. There is a a spiritual enemy that wants us uh, to be destroyed, that wants to do us harm, that wants to do us in, that wants to, uh, figuratively speaking, squash us spiritually. Four, five, six... He's always throwing sticks. Well, he's throwing more than sticks. In fact, we, we are against a spiritual enemy that has a lot of things at his disposal. He's cunning and crafty, and he can use a variety of things, again, to, to make sure that we're squished spiritually. 7, 8, 9, he misses all the time. Oh no, he does not. In fact, so often we find that the weapons that he uses hit their targets. And so perhaps the the song should sound something like this. One, two, three, the devil's after me. Four, five, six, he's throwing more than sticks. Seven, eight, nine, he hits me all the time. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Amen. You see, we, ser- we, we serve God. And the minute we decide that we're going to join forces with God, it means we have a, a cosmic spiritual enemy that, that wants to see us destroyed, that wants to eliminate us spiritually. In fact, in the text, in the Bible, it it says that that there is this cunning enemy who is constantly going to come after us. That he has a variety of weapons that he will bring against us. And so, uh, what Scripture tells us is that even in the midst of all of this, even though there's an enemy that's constantly coming against us, even though he has at his disposal a worldwide army uh, that can come against us with a variety of weapons, that we have an ability to stand. That there is something that God gives us that will protect us. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. If you're new with us, Or if you just simply want to follow along and you don't have a Bible, reach out and grab one of the pew Bibles in front of you. It's going to be page 817. 817. The fact of the matter is that we're in the struggle of our lives. 
There is an enemy that stands against us, that wants to destroy us, that wants to harm us spiritually. And he is cunning. And he's sly. He wears camouflage. He lures us in. Notice what Paul says in verse 10 of chapter 6. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our struggle... This idea of struggle here is, is not just a, a one where we're wrestling in the backyard. It's not of, even of two nations that are warring against one another. Uh, the idea is that, uh, that Satan himself and all of his minions desire to come to you and do you in. He wants to see you done in spiritually. Now maybe you've been a Christian a long time. Uh, maybe you've stood with the armor for a long time and you think, I can sit, I can relax. Certainly, uh, Satan doesn't want any part of me any longer, and yet you'd be wrong. You see, he has an agenda to get to you, too. Uh, perhaps you've known Christ for only a short amount of time and you think, uh, surely I, I'm so new to this that, that Satan wouldn't want a piece of me. He wouldn't desire to struggle against me. And yet you'd be wrong. He'd probably bring a barrage of, uh, of occasions and weapons against you just, just so uh, that you would begin to question the commitment that you've already made. There is a devil and he is powerful, and he is cunning, and he is sly. And he can use a variety of weapons at his disposal to get to you. Did you notice it says in the text there, again in verse 12, not just that it, this is a struggle, but that he's scheming, that he has schemes, that the whole idea is that he, he wears camouflage. It's that picture of a, of a, of a fisherman who, who knows where to go and when to go there and how just to drop that lure in uh, to make sure that he sets the hook. He's a cunning enemy. You see, he knows just what your weak areas are. He knows where to get at you. Maybe, maybe it is that you're a sports fanatic. And he is going to use this fanaticism that looks maybe more like worship than entertainment for you. Uh, he's going to attack that particular area of your life. Uh, maybe the area in your life is uh, not about sports fanaticism, but maybe it's uh, worry and anxiety over finances. None of us in this room would ever worry about finances, would we? And he begins to just uh, use that area of your life to lure you away. He knows that is an area of weakness. Uh, perhaps it's your children. 
Maybe you care for them so much that you would do anything uh, to make sure that they were protected, uh, that they had more than you had growing up. And, and so uh, you constantly bow before the altar of your own children, and He is going to use that. He knows right where that weak point is. Perhaps it's an area of, of earthly pleasure. He knows that you desire this certain thing, this certain person, this certain object, and He is going to constantly uh, take that area of your life and weakness for you, and He's going to say, I'm going to use that. I'm going to go to that area over and over again to try and lure you away. Maybe it's a desire that you have for a person. Maybe it's a desire you have to be wanted or accepted or popular or rich. And he's going to go to that area of weakness in your life over and over again. You see, uh, uh, Satan knows just where to go. But he doesn't know just where to go. He knows when to go there. You see, he is that cunning and sly. You see, evil never looks evil until it has done its deed. And so he's going to strike at just the right moment or perhaps the wrong moment. Maybe you have had one of those kinds of weeks. Have you ever had one of those kinds of weeks? And you're tired. And you're emotionally drained. And you come to church on Sunday morning thinking, I cannot do this anymore. And you look at your spouse and you think, I can't do this anymore. And you look at your children, I can't do this anymore. And it's just at that moment when Satan decides, I'm going to drop in the lure. I'm going to drop in the temptation. I'm going to drop in that thing that you most desire, and I'm going to try and lure you away. Maybe it is that you got passed over for a promotion or didn't get the job that you desperately wanted. And that's the moment when Satan begins to say, uh, maybe, maybe it is that you ask that guy out and, and he said no. Or, or you ask that girl out and she laughed at you. Uh, maybe it is that you have heard yet again that another family member has an illness and you think, God, I, I just, I'm going to give up. That's it. Maybe he's going to use that occasion when you've just had a fight with your spouse. And he's going to come calling on you. And there's going to be a temptation waiting on the other side. He, see, he knows where to get you. He knows when to get you. And he knows how to get you. Maybe he's going to use that family member Maybe he's going to use that special relationship that you have with someone else and, and they're going to begin to nag at you. Why do you do this? Why do you continue to, to say that you will believe in Jesus? Why is it that you continue to waste your time and money with people at the church? Uh, maybe it's going to be a friend. 
a close friend, not, a, not like one of those acquaintance sort of friends. Maybe it's going to be a really close friend, and they're not going to nag you about your beliefs, but uh, maybe they're going to say, you know what, you deserve it. Why don't you just come out with us and have a really great time tonight? I mean, come on, what's one night? It's not any big deal. Uh, maybe it's not even a big thing. Maybe it's a little white lie. You, your wife doesn't need to know. I won't ever tell. You see, Satan is this cunning thief. He is the ultimate deceiver, isn't he? He's the poker player that covers his eyes and, and bluffs really well. He says that he has a royal flush and he doesn't even have two pairs. So, with an enemy that struggles against us, that schemes and is as cunning as Satan himself, that has all the powers at his disposal that would give all of these weapons and occasions in our life in which he knows where to get us, when to get us, and how to get us, what hope do we have? How is it that we protect ourselves against such an enemy? How do we make sure that we stand with Christ instead of fall with Satan? Well, the text tells us. Several times the text over and over, you probably caught the refrain, a stand, and when you've done everything, stand up, and then stand firm. And how is it that we do that? Well, you put on the armor of God. Look at verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, uh, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. In verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and it will come, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand and stand firm then. How is it that you stand? You take on the armor of God. Well, what exactly is that? Paul is using the metaphor of a soldier. You probably already caught that. There's these different pieces and different parts, but what you may not know is that Paul is borrowing something old, not something new. You see, Paul is reaching back into the Old Testament, into Isaiah to be exact. And in Isaiah, in several chapters in Isaiah... We are told that God is the mighty warrior fighting for His people. And in those passages where it talks about God as a mighty warrior, it talks about Him as being truthful and righteous and faithful. The one who brings salvation. The one who carries the sword. And so what Paul is asking all of us in order to stand against the schemes and struggles of Satan himself is to take on ourselves the characteristics of God. Did you, did you notice? If you go back one chapter in, in Ephesians, uh, look at chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, he says of God, and our lives with Him, 
Chapter 5, verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. You see, when we take on the armor of God, we are doing exactly that. We are becoming imitators of God Himself. So run with me very quickly through this armor. Look at verse 14. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Uh, You understand that when he says uh, about this truth, it's not just about saying, I will tell the truth all the time. It's not simply about not lying. It is about acknowledging that God has a truth and it is real and it is actual and we stand next to it. And I will stand for it. And so we take upon ourselves the truth of God. In the last portion of verse 14, with a breastplate of righteousness in place. He's not here talking about our salvation. He's saying, hey, there is a moral rightness in which you ought to go about living. There is a a right way and a wrong way to go about living and you have an opportunity to live it. So take upon yourselves the choices uh, that are right always. That your motives in doing everything would be where God would have them to be. In verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Ooh, this is a hard one. You have to deal with that that F word that no one likes. It's called forgiveness. And although we may never forget, we do need to forgive. And we have an opportunity to engage with people uh, whom maybe we're close to and maybe some whom we're not close to and say, as far as it depends on me, I will desire to seek peace in this relationship. That peace that comes from God will rule in this relationship. Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. This faith is this constant commitment to say uh, that I believe in God's goodness. Uh, that no matter how, uh, how wrong or, or how uh, difficult life might seem, that I will decide to make the commitment that God is good. Regardless of what may come, I will decide to believe that God is good. And I will trust Him more than I trust me. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. We have a perspective. If you read through all of Ephesians, we recognize that we once were not always people of God. There was a time when we were, just quite frankly, we were lost We were dead in our sins, uh, but we're not like that anymore. And we have a tremendous perspective uh, about which to enter into the world and how we can live. We live in light of the salvation that's coming and that is already here. And he says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only offensive weapon in all of God's armor. Did you get that? And we have a tendency to think that we take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we're going to vanquish Satan on our own. Eh. 
Notice in this text, we are just simply called to stand. The victory is not ours. It already belongs to Jesus. He won it on the cross and in the resurrection. Our job in, this, in the, uh, the, uh, the Word of God, okay? Our job in the sword of the Spirit is to try and help others be freed from the cunning schemes of Satan, okay? That's our job. We stand and have victory in that. The rest of the victory over Satan himself, that already belongs to Jesus. So how is it How is it that we stand against the cunning schemes and the struggles of Satan? Well, we put on the armor of God. The best way not to engage and fall with Satan is to stand with God. The best way not to fall to Satan is to stand with God. And you take his characteristics upon yourself and you live. Not so that you can have victory yourself because God's already won it. But recognize where it comes from. I don't know how many of you in this room are already Christians. But I can tell you for certain that you need to have the armor of God on your life. And if you're not, Satan already owns you. If you don't want to be owned by Satan, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity just to say, look, I don't want this life anymore. And there's a number of people around here that want to help you. And if that's you, I want to talk to you. You can come see me after service. You can come see me during the final song. Put on the armor of God. Let's stand, and I'm going to pray. Gracious God, we love you, and I thank you so much for your goodness to us. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power that brings victory over Satan himself. Lord God, I pray that all of us would stand, that we know that you have the victory, and Lord, may you use us to bring your word and snag other people away from the cunning schemes of Satan. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. And all of this we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.